I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260 The Horn I woke up to the morning sky first Oh yes sir and yes ma'am you had better Let's wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Thursday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Coming off a very busy Wednesday, National Signing Day in the, uh, at least the early signing window, first 24 hours of National Signing Day in the books. A good one for the Longhorns. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian, 24 new players for the Longhorns. Four five-star prospects in the fold, also two transfer prospects in the fold. And late uh, in the process yesterday, Longhorns flipped a Texas A&M commitment, which we'll tell you about coming up. So all in all, a good day for the Longhorns. Good day across the country. We'll dive into the winners and losers from National Signing Day, the talent acquisition phase of uh, college football. We are 11 days to the actual football with the Longhorns playing for a national championship, uh, national semifinal matchup in the college football playoff Uh 11 days from this Thursday, uh, January 1st in New Orleans. We'll certainly talk plenty of Texas and Washington. Also, Week 16 in the NFL kicks off tonight with a Thursday night special. Pretty good matchup, 7-7 seven and seven teams, both. New Orleans and the Rams will preview the NFL in a big weekend for the Dallas Cowboys, bigger weekend for the Houston Texans. We'll start to, to really look forward uh, to those big NFL matchups this weekend. And this weekend, obviously, is the Christmas holiday into uh, Monday. So we'll look forward to that as well as we get you cranked up on this. A very, very busy uh, 21st of December. Appreciate you being there. Appreciate you finding us. However you do, could be on 1019 on the FM dial, could be on AM 1260, and certainly always digitally on the Horn app, uh, which is so simple to download. Just put it on your smartphone, tell a friend, share it with a friend as well. You find us each and every morning, five hours a day, five days a week on that Horn app, and also at hornfm.com. Find us with the touch of a button uh, on the digital phase as well. Looking forward to uh, five hours of good conversation this morning with my uh, co-host across the desk there, holding down his side of the program, shutting it down, as a matter of fact, our shutdown corner out of the 713 uh, down there in Houston, uh, DB High, mm-hmm. also out of DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn. He is a football theorist. He is Blackstradamus himself, uh, proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. Hello, Rod Babers. Uh, hello, E. I appreciate the intro, as always, and the hospitality. You and bet, um, are, you, are you in the Christmas spirit? Has the Christmas spirit hit you? Are you it's close. It's close. It is close. I mean, you're, you're, you're you right know. there. Has it hit you yet? Has it hit you yet? Are you watching the – got to start watching the movies. I watched. I have uh, not it, watched a Christmas I had, movie yet. It, my, my wife had It's a Wonderful Life on, my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, that's your I, favorite? That's my all-time favorite. All-time. All-time favorite. I don't it's think such you, an uplifting. I don't know if you can get better than that. I mean, it's, it's timeless. It's, when did it come out? Like, in the what was, what was that? In the 40s or something? When did, when did It's a Wonderful Life come out originally? I mean, it's, it's they still play it to this day. There's no Christmas movie, I think. Maybe Miracle on 34th Street. I, I think it's older than that, though. I don't think that uh, it's a wonderful e- life, 1947. Yeah, I mean, think about that. They still playing it, E. The yeah. 40s. Is there any movie from the 40s that we we always we that we harken back to? 
I don't think so. <laughs> right? Someone will let us know on our text line. I mean, uh, but man. yeah, I mean, 1947. Oh man, come Actually, on. Uh, release date was 19, early January of 1947. Um, okay. Made in 1946. Okay, come on, man. The Frank Capra. It's classic. It's it's my favorite. I don't think you can get better than it. I mean, Jimmy Stewart at his finest. It is fantastic. Oh, and then obviously my first crush, really as a child. Donna Reed. Is that right? Oh, man. That's my first, that. first white woman I ever fell in love with. So my mom knew. She was like, oh, he's definitely going to marry a white woman. I, I loved me some Donna Reed growing up. Watched Donna Reed show all the time. And, uh, that You're movie, such an old soul, Rod. I am an old soul. I watched your, all the old your, shows. Your 80s and 70s, 80s and sitcoms. Yeah. Adobe Gillis, Patty Duke, <laughs> Andy Griffith. I mean, I, I know all that stuff. I know it too well. I've seen all this. I love Lucy also in my face. But uh, that's why I know. I saw I love the black and white. And, I mean, most, most young kids so these you days took, probably would hate that. Better. You watched that last night, huh? Uh, well, I didn't watch all of it because it was on. You know, we did a lot of the coverage. You and shout out to my man E. Hogan did a great job with, uh, with us in Owen, Texas. We had a three-hour live stream. <laughs> after a five-hour <laughs> radio, radio show. Five hour radio show. Three hours. So, and you did more than I did. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was great though i had great response uh, people loved it talking text recruiting which we will but anyway we'll get we'll talk holiday movies i just want to know if it hits you if, you if you're not in the holiday spirit my suggestion would be you gotta just watch your favorite holiday movie it will kind of kick it into high gear It'll i think kick you're right about Christmas that i think when you, when you asked me that question i was like mm. am i in the holiday spirit are yeah we, we have our are we have our christmas your tree is up? beautiful yeah we've got the christmas decorations up here at the yeah. uh, the the onion creek compound uh, we're ready to go with that, but mm-hmm. I think um, I think yeah. this this today is going to really kick me into the holiday. You spirit. gotta yeah, yeah, whatever that movie is for you and, and yeah. wifey, put yeah. it on. Just put it on in the background. You'll be surprised how Hollywood spirit. We need to find it. Going. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hundred okay. percent. Uh, all right, we're always in the spirit, of course. Casablanca in- also a movie out of the forties. Ah, uh, so. there you go. Yeah, Someone right. It's only a few that I felt like the forties that we still were like, hey man, you know what? Well, there weren't a lot of movies. It's, 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 <laughs> that's right. <true. laughs> that's very true. Very the true. volume was very high. Great point about this. Not a lot of movies. But still, uh, that's one of those. Anyway, uh, but uh, we're in the spirit, of course, and uh, the spirit of service is what we want to salute. We do it every morning. Uh, those who uh, who consider an honor but also a burden. Uh, our society built on the selflessness of service. Uh, so all those out there, especially during this holiday season, who are doing God's work, whether you're serving God, country, or community, just want you to know that we appreciate you. Uh, we do that every morning, and uh, it is an honor for us to do it. That's the least that we can do, so thank you. I do appreciate uh, you, Rod Babers. You did a lot of uh, of coverage for the Longhorns yesterday in National oh, Signing yeah, Day. At our show, You, I did the middle of the day, three hours, and then we recorded our Eyes, Eyes on Texas podcast oh, so, after yeah, that. You, you, so you did about uh, eight hours on mic then, too. Uh, yeah, eight, about nine, eight, eight, nine, eight, nine eight, hours. Ten, eight, ten, <laughs> eight, ten yesterday. <laughs> but it's one of those days, man. It's like we're, we're being in the Christmas season. It's uh, Christmas for long for uh, college football fans. That is fans. true, brother. It is. Uh, for some. Uh, yeah. Some fans were left disappointed yesterday, I would oh, think, but uh, yeah. certainly the Longhorns. We're pretty happy about their haul. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. He had an afternoon news conference yesterday. Uh, breaking He's in down. a good mood. He was and uh, should be. Let's get you caught up <laughs> on the news of the morning. Get in the Christmas spirit with the headlines, including a uh, pretty good day for the Longhorns. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. Yeah, college football. Texas Longhorns added 24 new players to their 2024 roster on the first day of the early signing window opening for Division I programs yesterday. The 2024 class headlined by four five-star prospects. It's ranked third overall in the national composite rankings, or third or fifth, depending on which ranking you're looking at, by only Alabama and Georgia. class also includes a pair of transfer portal additions who will fill immediate needs. Former Houston wide receiver Matthew Golden, former LBJ star and Clemson standout Andrew Makuba also became official yesterday. Uh, Longhorns lost out on one commitment when Dangerfield athlete Aaron Hampton uh, flipped his commitment to Alabama. Day was capped though when Jasper four-star linebacker Ty Anthony Smith flipped his commitment from Texas A&M to Texas. He's the only linebacker in the 
24 class for Texas. Of the 24 prospects who signed yesterday, 19 will enroll early and be on campus next month for the Longhorns. We'll have much more on National Signing Day throughout the morning. On Hook'em Up, we'll also hear from Steve Sarkeesian, as we mentioned. College basketball took center stage last night. A lot of big matchups, including 21st-ranked Duke. They knocked off 10th-ranked Baylor at Madison Square Garden 78-70 last night in a matchup for the ACC v. the Big 12. Also last night, 11th-ranked North Carolina rolled past 7th-ranked Oklahoma 81-69. Seton Hall knocked off 5th-ranked UConn in quite an upset. They both opened up uh, Big East play there. And in uh, out west, Arizona, top Alabama whipped them, actually, 87-74. Not a good night in the NBA for the Texas teams. Dallas Mavericks lost to the LA Clippers 120-11. Houston fell home to Atlanta, 134-127. Week 7 in the NFL kicks off tonight with an important matchup. Good game. Battle of 7-7 seven and seven teams in New Orleans. That's where the Saints and Rams will get. Actually, it's out in L.A. Saints and Rams get together. As we say, both teams 7-7 seven and seven fighting for wild card spots in the, in the NFC. That's on Amazon tonight. Uh, and in soccer, looking to bounce back from their disappointing 2023 season, the Austin FC released their entire 34-match schedule for the upcoming season. 28-match season opens on February 24th at Q2 Stadium against Minnesota United. That's one of 28 matches they'll play against Western Conference opponents. There are six matches against teams from the East, including home matches with the Philadelphia Union and the New York FC for the first time in franchise history. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Depending on which recruiting service you're looking at, the long ones yeah. are a top five class. I mean, it's yeah, I don't exactly. I don't know which one everybody. Has. I mean, they're like four or five that are really good. Two four seven is good. On three is really good. Uh, you know, by rivals. Uh, ESPN. <laughs> don't forget about ESPN. So you can be. Yeah, I'm sure if you're recruiting Nick, you probably got all of them. They have the composite rankings. Two four seven composite rankings is probably one of the best because they do actually take the uh, ratings of all of the credible services. They just combine them. Yeah, that's so that's probably the best one if you look at them. But Texas is top five, top five class. It yeah. is, and, and, and three and, consecutive. For, and for you know, you, if you know anything about recruiting, the, some people do not. But the the rankings are based on, you know, there's a there's a metric to it. They, right? they rate every player: yeah, five star, four star, yeah. three star, total number yes. of commitments, total five stars, total yeah. three stars. And so for Texas to have a top three to five class with only 22 high school commitments, yeah. I mean, compare that to Alabama. They have 28, mm-hmm. 28 high school commitments. Georgia's got 26. Oklahoma, let's give some uh, props to Brett Venables up there north of the Red River. Yeah, he's doing a good job, man. 26 commitments yesterday. Yeah. So Longhorn's down there at 21, 22 commitments. The 22nd came in last night when Jasper linebacker Ty Anthony Smith flipped from the Aggies, which was a, you know, quite the blow to Mike Elko in Texas A&M. Seems like um... – at least Bobby and the crew, they kind of expected it. Or at least they thought it was a heavy lean. Yeah. They thought it was a heavy lean to flip, even though he was committed to saying that. Yeah, well, I mean, Ty Anthony <laughs> Smith, that was the, the, the final shoot a drop yesterday for Texas. And it was big because they the only linebacker in the class, they made him feel very important. Right? Only one they offered. <laughs> the only one they offered. They told him. Because hey, last man. year they took four or five linebackers, mm-hmm. which was uh, – So they were pretty, pretty – Feeling pretty good yeah, about they're, it. They're, yeah. And yeah. that's why they – and this is kind of where Texas is with, the, with, with recruiting is they're, they're targeting specific players, you know. I mean, uh, you're, you're really you know, in a position, as you said a lot yesterday, a couple times in the burn orange curtains, that uh, it's hard to negative recruit Texas. It's really hard for the, the rivals to say anything negative. It's – what are you going to say? Uh, well, I mean, it's a great city, great town, great school, playing for championships, developing players. Uh, Sark seems like a good guy with a good culture. Everybody's having a good time. Uh, What's your negative pitch? I guess the only thing at this point for Texas, which is a first-world problem in college athletics, is 
Well, you're not going to get to play real fast. You might have to sit for a year or so. You know well, what I mean? You might if you're good yeah. enough. Yeah. I mean, there are freshmen playing on well, this roster. C.J. Baxter's right. playing. You got, uh, you know, when Xavier Worthy was a freshman, he played. Kevin Banks was a freshman, he played. Derek Williams is a freshman, he's playing. Anthony Hill's a freshman, he's playing. Now we're talking about prodigies here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some freshmen that well, play. But you're Sark right. said that about the five-star tackle Brandon Baker yesterday, mm-hmm. that he feels like when he watches his film, he's watching Kelvin Banks play left tackle. He made a couple references in that press conference. We'll, we'll hear from uh, 2.0 for Christian yeah, Clark. I was like, whoa. I was like, hey, hey. He said, he said, Bijan Robinson question mark on his notes. I'm like, Sark. You just, I'm like, Sark. And, and you know what? I'll give him, give him props. But he knows how to, uh, to promote a player. <laughs> that was, I was like, oh, Bijan Robinson comparisons already. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was, I, the Brandon Baker thing actually, that, I've watched him. That makes sense. I think he will, he's a guy that should challenge for a starting spot in his first two years. He's that kind of player. Yeah, uh, and, and so rotate, I right. guess for you know, we talk about all the players, and they can't all play early. But at the same time, that's I was looking for one negative that you could say that yeah. the roster is getting pretty thick and pretty heavy, and that's good. You talked about you know coming to Texas and uh, you want to play with good players because that you know sharpening your skills and uh, steel on steel that kind of stuff. But you also know when you have good players, you're going to play for championships. You'll be playing in big yep. games and important games in the Southeastern Conference, and that's really. Uh, a goal of all players, without a doubt. So Longhorns with a, uh, a very, very strong class, and we'll, we'll hear from Sark throughout the morning. Uh, and across the country, you know, it's, uh, it's that day. As Sark said yesterday, and all coaches say, no one, no one went to the podium yesterday and said, man, we had a terrible day. No. We had a terrible day. No. It was just awful for us. Uh, we no, hate our players. No, nobody's going to go up there. It's like saying you got an, you know, you, you got an ugly baby. Nobody's going to say that. <laughs> right. Even that, There's some ugly babies that are born, but are every babies. baby is beautiful when they're yeah. born, and every recruiting class is awesome, one of my and favorite, it's great. Uh, yeah, you know, one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes. Yeah, exactly. The ugly uh, baby. The ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nobody's ever going to know that. And same thing about a recruiting class. They're all great. And uh, But this Texas class, it's unique in a lot of ways, but it shows you that Texas is being really selective, and they, they reiterate that in a lot of ways and you just talked about it only 22 uh you know uh, prospects coming in in this class and i think one of the things that's really uh, surprising and sark talked about this too the early enrollees the amount of early enrollees that they're gonna have 18 or 19 they yeah they i mean they're expecting basically 90 percent of this class to be early enrollees which is an unprecedented number but it shows you the momentum and the enthusiasm these young guys have to be a part of what's going on there's a lot of enthusiasm I mean, Kobe Black when we talked to him on the on on three uh sorry when we did the live stream for on Texas football he he said I wish I could have been with the team this year because I really wanted to be with them this year. He, looked, he said it just looked like they were having so much fun. Looked like they were they were playing at a really high level. I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And I think he uh, echoes the the really the sentiment of a lot of these guys that hey man they want to be a part of this. That's why they come in early. I want to be a part of it now. Hell, Parker Livingstone and a couple of guys are trying to be a part of the bowl practices. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, because they were here and they're on the sidelines and they you know th- this is you know <laughs> that's how special it is. Though. It they is. Can feel it. It's yeah. palatable. And you want to you want to you want to hold on to that because you want to bottle. And that's uh, why Sark is so so careful yeah. with the fragility of it because he he knows it's, but he's been around special teams he's been around Bama they won a national title he was the obviously USC. He was, uh, USC he's been around very special cultures when they're riding high and I think he understands how special this one is and how fragile it also is though and you talked about this um, you can remove any element or add the wrong element to this thing and it can be really combustible. Uh, and that's it. That's the fragility of any culture, that family culture, <laughs> uh, business culture, uh, especially in a sports culture. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll talk about the, the top players who, who are in. There was only one real piece of drama with uh, 
uh, Ryan Wingo uh, maybe slept in a little bit yesterday. He, uh, <laughs> which I think is so funny. There was a tweet from him about eleven o'clock or ten thirty. Hey, I'm up. I'm up. All good. <laughs> Hook him kind of thing. Know, like, look- like he's really like he's out of school. And just like we are, a lot of folks around here are out of school already, off work. And he just slept in. He's a 17 year old kid. Said, you know what? I'm not. I'm not getting up early to send him. A- I remember when the report came. I said, guys, he stepped in. And everybody was like, yeah, I was like, he stepped in. I was like, he's got no school. Well, and, it, and it's a relaxing day you know for him. You know how it goes. I mean, somebody gets a report wrong. I think it was Steve Wiltfong who reported that uh, his NIL was supposed to come in at 7 a.m. Yeah. He slept in, so everybody started to panic like by 8 a.m. 8.15, everybody's freaking out. And then at, uh, by, like, after 9 o'clock, our friend Justin Wells over at Inside Texas had a tweet. Well, I just talked to his dad. He's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. He's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't you remember them? Don't panic, they, Longhorn. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's a high achiever, sometimes they sleep in. They sleep in. They sleep in, man. It's great. He's in the Christmas spirit. You know, may <laughs> have some eggnog tonight. Yeah, there you go. Hanging out. Yeah, so, uh, but, so he woke up and sent in his letter of intent, and that was done by lunchtime. No big deal. Uh, the only loss was Aaron Hampton. And if you were with us yesterday in the sixth this hour, uh, Bobby Burton was with us and said, keep an eye on Dangerfield's uh, Aaron Hampton. Uh, he could flip. He looked at an Alabama hard, too. So that was and the only negative. I think they are allowing – at least their first pitch is going to be allowing him to play offense because he's, he's an athlete, plays offense and defense. Well, Texas what, was considering him to play both. These days, guys want to play offense, man. They want to catch touchdowns. They just do. And even Nick Saban talked about that when he tried to move uh, Trayvon Diggs to corner from uh, from offense and wide receiver that he cried, even though now he's an all-pro corner, and it was the GOAT Nick Saban that was suggested that he do it. Guys want to play offense. They yeah. do. JT Sanders, look at him. Yeah. He had a choice, and he was like, nah, I don't want to play offense. Well, and, you know, this is – that will be the, the question moving forward. Obviously, now everything will pivot to um, – you know, the February 7th uh, signing window as well, that will open. And there could be a couple. Longhorns are still recruiting some guys. Uh, one, Dominic McKinley, a five-star tackle that's committed to Texas A&M. The Longhorns will stay in on that recruitment. Uh, they're not officially done, but I think 22 is kind of the limit. You also add the two transfers, immediate impact players, and Matthew Golden and Andrew Makuba. We'll start talking about those guys coming up. He says they're not done, though. Yeah, they're not done. They're so not I'm done. Sure they're not done. He's, Mostly he's done. I think ninety-five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're going to add like two more pieces potentially. Yeah, Trey cause, Moore could be one of those guys. Trey, well, Trey Moore, and that look, that that's <laughs> really where you're at, and that could come down today, right? Uh, when that dude, yeah, he's I, he, I, it's between Texas and Bama. So we Trey we, Moore is the uh, the young player from uh, UTSA via Smithson Valley High School. Who you know kind of got overlooked during the COVID years and wasn't a highly recruited player, so he ended up with the Roadrunners and has become one of the more productive pass rushers in uh, yes, uh, you know at that level. But you can see him on film; the guy's just a natural player uh, who is going to choose between Alabama and Texas, and that could come down at any moment. So we'll keep an eye, our eyes on that. But I do think most focus now for Sark and his staff shifts to Washington, right? The game, 11 yeah. days from now. Uh, they're going to give the players some time off. They've been practicing this week. Matter of fact, Sark, for his 3.30 news conference yesterday, came off the practice field. That's good. Um, so he's practicing and then like that. showing up and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talking about his, his class. And, you know, we're 11 days now to the national title game. They're going to enjoy Christmas like everybody else and then fly to New Orleans. And it really starts to drill down on a national semifinal because, you know, th- this program seems to be rolling pretty, pretty, pretty quick right now. But, man, a, a, a trip to a national title game. On the line, what that could do for, yeah. you know, I mean, the goal all year was to win the Big 12 championship, right? To mm-hmm. to, to be a champion, uh, do something Sark's never done, which is win a conference championship, win double-digit games, um, you know, f- continue to build the culture. All those things happened through some trying times at times with an injury to a quarterback and everything that 2023 presented. 
Well, now, Rod, you're, Sark talked yesterday about, you know, at the very beginning of the press conference about the health of the team. Everybody looks fresh, took a couple weeks off. Now you're playing with house money, Rod. I mean, you're playing mm-hmm. for a national championship, and you've got as good a chance as anybody. I mean, you, you, when you sit here and talk, start talking about Michigan and Alabama and Texas and Washington, you can make a really strong case for any of the four teams to win the national championship. Oh, yeah. It all depends on who gets hot and who's playing their best like football. Like we sat here last year, I don't know that you could make a strong case for TCU to win the whole thing, right? Now, they beat Michigan, so which surprised got, a lot of people. There, yeah. but, but, but would you sit here on December the 21st last year and say, man, TCU is going to you know, no. pound the table and say that Max Duggan and, and Sonny Dykes are going to win the national title? No. Georgia was the prohibitive favorite. They lost to K-State in the Big 12 title game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had lost to K-State. And you're <laughs> right. like, man, you know, Georgia's going to go back-to-back here. That kind of felt like it. Now, Ohio State gave them a hell of a scare last mm-hmm. year in that semifinal game, but then they obliterated TCU in the, in the championship. Yep. But you sit here right now. You can make a really strong case for any of these four teams, including Alabama, yep, um, who, you know, they're, they're a different team than they were when Texas played them back in September and beat them in Tuscaloosa uh, with Jalen Milrow. Michigan's been maybe the most dominant and complete team all year long, but they seem beatable uh, if you on, Man, on, on the right day. More, more violations against Jim Harbaugh now? Yeah, that's the other what part. What the of hell? That. Yeah, that's. Man, Jim Harbaugh needs to go to the NFL today. Him and Lincoln Riley, they need to go today. He needs need, to be out. Yeah, I don't know what they're. Yeah, because he's. He obviously. Either he does not respect the NCAA rules and disregards them, or he doesn't know them. Uh, he's ignorant to them. No, I, I'm reading this. <laughs> or he hates I'm, stupid rules. He's like, these are stupid rules, and I'm going to violate I don't know if them. Because I think a lot of this is what he's already self suspended himself for that he was trying to negotiate, and now it's become down that – so Michigan received a notice of allegation from the NCAA yesterday uh, regarding recruiting violations by football one. staff. <laughs> Head coach Jim Harbaugh facing le- a level one violation for allegedly providing false and or misleading information in an investigation into recruiting infractions during the COVID-19 dead period. Now, this is where – remember, he, he they essentially self-suspended him – to start the year, and this is what that was about, like trying to get ahead of this. They're yeah. going to try to claim when the NCAA they're sits with him. They're going to try to claim sentence. Yeah, I already, already served. Yeah, I already yeah. sat. Yeah. <laughs> I already sat. They're going to say he served it already. There are also uh, four level two charges. This is not this, – this, what came down yesterday from the NCAA has nothing to do with Connor Stallions or sign stealing. No, this is from the recruiting element. <laughs> that is yeah. what was the, the initial violation. Because the NCAA moved so swiftly. <laughs> they move so fast. That's <laughs> so what we're talking about, the, that it, it, the Michigan, even with the Connor Stallions thing, they still haven't necessarily investigated that. Yeah. So that's going to take another, what, four months or yeah, so? so in Six August, months? Michigan imposed a three-game suspension on Harbaugh. The school did. About to this. start the season. In regards to this. Correct. Yeah. Because the NCAA rejected a negotiated four-term, four-game punishment for Harbaugh for the same allegation. So, who so, knows? So, they're just going to say that, hey, your suspension wasn't enough. You've got to serve if some he's more. he's still here, he'll get suspended one game next year. But we still have to deal with the Connor Stallion sign-stealing mess that is Oh, yeah, ending. that's that, that's <laughs> also – no, the NCAA is out to get Jim Harbaugh. We know that now. That is they pretty don't like clear. Him. They, don't, they do not like him. And I just wonder when that's going to come to, you know, a, a hit. Like, when is, when is that going well, it, so to be an so issue? It doesn't feel like Texas has many distractions right now, right, um, as far as that goes. They're, okay, signing day in the books. Let's start looking at Washington. Washington in the same boat. Michigan's got some distractions. This is hanging there. there there's the reports that, that Michigan has tried to sign – you get Jim Harbaugh to sign a new $11 million a year contract uh, under the guise that you're not going to take an NFL job when the season's over. Like, like, let's lock you up now. 
When we're done, no matter how this plays out, you're not going anywhere. Don't he sign has, it, Jim. He hasn't signed it. Don't sign it, Jim. Don't sign it. Which everybody in Auburn is like, oh, great. You might well, need an escape route, so don't sign Jim, it. Jim, $11 million a year. What else do we need? Don't do it. But, yeah, I mean, um, you know, but they certainly could win the national title. They were here last year, and uh, so was Georgia. Uh, not I mean, Alabama, but Georgia in my head. But, so, I mean, they were here a year ago. They didn't finish the deal. They got beat by TCU, so you know they'll be focused. At the same time, they seem to have some uh, – some distractions happening around them. Agreed. Uh, Washington comes in as a team, as you said, they, they don't have a single five-star on their team. No. So they, I mean, they have Which the most three stars out of any, any group and the least, blue, the, loose, the least blue chips out of any team in the Final Four. So when they hit the field at the Sugar Bowl in 11 days, Texas has the more talented across the board, I mean, you would argue, uh, player for player. But does that mean Texas can win that game? Sure. Um, you know, who knows? It can be a heck of a ball game. Uh, but then there's Alabama, as we said, who seems the to goat. be playing their best football with the GOAT, yeah, got with the month to prepare. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll really start drilling down. Well, also today, Rod, in addition to our, our, you know, conversations with Steve Sarkeesian, hearing about the signing class, got to start getting into week 16. A huge week in the National Football League. It starts tonight with the Rams and Saints, which is actually a pretty decent game. Uh, we'll get into that NFC playoff picture. Cowboys. As we said earlier in the week, trying to do something they haven't done since 2009, which is win a double di- win a game in December, Rod, on the road mm-hmm. against a double-digit win team <clears throat> in an important December matchup. Hasn't yeah. happened since 2009. That's 15 years if you're counting. That's wild. 15 seasons of football. Uh, Cowboys have to go on the road on Christmas Eve and play the Miami Dolphins, who are 10-4. and four. And as we've said all week, that's an important game for the Dolphins because the Dolphins, if they were to beat yes. the Cowboys, Rod, could pull even with Baltimore if Baltimore can't handle the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football on Christmas Day night. Uh, so the AFC race is, is pivotal. Cowboys now, thanks to the Seahawks' comeback win, beating the Eagles on Monday night, Cowboys now have a direct, you know, a path to winning the NFC East again, even though they got smoked in Buffalo last Sunday. So a lot to play for. We'll start talking about Cowboys, Dolphins, Texans, Browns, Rod. Doesn't look like C.J. Stroud, no, Stroud will game. play. No, he's not going to play on Huge, game. yeah, they're going to be very, and rightfully so, yeah. careful with their franchise quarterback in a concussion protocol situation. But they've got a critical game with the Cleveland Browns and their quarterback, Joe Flacco. Uh, you're not in a time warp. Joe Flacco is leading the Browns. They're at 9-5. and five. Houston's 8-6. What, eight and what six. year is it? Case Keenum and Joe Flacco face? Not, what year is this? What is this, 1998? <laughs> What's this, 2009? What's going on here? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll pick that up. Uh, start drilling into the games of the weekend. College and pro, they start tonight. A couple bowl games tonight we'll preview. But obviously, a lot of Longhorn signing day coverage. We'll take your thoughts on it, what you make of the 24 class for your favorite program and certainly the Horns. We'll hear from Sark coming up. Rod takes it behind the BOC. We're just getting warmed up on a Thursday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, yeah, getting in the Christmas spirit now. It is time. It is time, Rod. You asked me that question right off the top of the show. Am I in the spirit? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not yet. I'm really. I think, it's close, man. Well, I think at this house we were focused on last weekend my daughter graduated college, so that was a that big, was big. Had to get that out of yep. the way. National Signing Day. Yeah, it's time, Ron. It's time, like time on this Thursday. Still have time to get in the spirit. Yeah, I don't, you got plenty of time get to get the in the mindset. Spirit. But I, I like, I, I think right now is a good time. I don't want to do it too early. I don't want to, I'm not the kind of type pee. person. Can't pee. Yeah, I don't want to listen to Christmas. Some people start listening to Christmas music like the beginning of December. I can't do that. No, no, no. no, no. We're good. 
now. Now we've got important things to get yeah, through. Yeah, now we're in the fourth quarter of it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> now, then, and this is your first Christmas as a father. Which yes. Is, uh, and your yes. baby Monroe's only a couple of months old, so this yeah. next Christmas is going to be unbelievable. That'll be a big one. <laughs> uh, but it'll still be pretty big because we're going to go to uh, see my family in Houston, and uh, most of them have not seen her. So Oh, yeah. never met her. Not most, most of them have not. Yeah, just a, a few of them have not. Everybody has. So we're going to go. She'll go see the, the family, the H-Town family. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It'll be fun. People like babies. They, oh man, they love, people love babies. I have people in my neighborhood now that speak to me. They never spoke to me before. They never had a conversation with me before. And I'm walking around and stroller with the baby. And they go, "Hey, you had a baby?" And I'm like, "Hey, yep." Kind of like, like dogs. Not, not to compare your your baby to a dog. No, but, but, I, but I walk the dogs, and there are a few people that talk to you. But now you got a baby. But now everybody in the neighborhood like stops me. <laughs> Everybody wants to oh, go, let go me to see the baby. Yeah, everybody wants to talk about the baby and see the baby. People love babies. Yeah. People love babies. Yeah. Well, people love Christmas and babies, and that's Christmas a good thing. Babies. You mentioned uh, you watched a little bit of It's a Wonderful Life last oh, night, which uh, Ooh, the all-time classic, which always leads to a fun conversation of your favorite holiday movie. What movie would you watch to get in the spirit? If, if you're like me and you are kind of been busy all month and now you're not in the spirit, you need to get in the spirit. Oh, man. Do, do you want to you laugh while you do your Christmas stuff? You know, or are you, you know, that's the thing about it. Like, I, I, I like the sentim- sentimental stuff, so that's why well, my, and you don't know it's right. life is my go-to. I'm a sentimental guy. People have listened to me for a long I'm a procrastinating Christmas shopper, so I've like done very little Christmas shopping to this point. I have done almost none. Right. So, <laughs> but that's always been my mo. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of know what I'm getting people, so yeah. it's, I'm more of a I'm a Christmas purchaser, not Christmas shopper. I like that. I, yeah. In my mind and like online, I've, I've kind of been shopping in my head. So I kinda, you got a great. You I know idea. who I'm getting, you, what I'm getting for you, who. And, yeah, you like Sark in the portal. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm target. I'm target. Like, you ain't just. So now target. it's just about execution. I'm just got to go. Got to go. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was disappointed to see that. Are you going like online or are you going out into the madness? Uh, both, both. Okay. Uh, I've already ordered a couple things. I know. I got to go online and look for some. I'm going to do that's... it right during the show here. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to multitask. Do some online I, shopping. I will confirm. I won't confirm or deny if I did some Christmas shopping during my daughter's graduation exactly. last Saturday yeah. while I was sitting among the uh, hundreds and hundreds there of people. There you go. Exactly. Uh, you know, just waiting for my daughter's name to be called. <laughs> I might have ordered some Christmas presents during that time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, but you know, I was disappointed to see this supposed to rain tomorrow and today. Yeah. Like, like I, I got to get out. Like, I got amongst it. That's true, and it's gonna be ugly now. Yeah. You know, traffic's gonna be Hopefully ugly. Some cold. And, yep. Uh, you know, get to the mall. You know, get over to the shops. Yeah. It's supposed to rain like what for the next like three next, three, next several days. Three days. Yeah. yeah that's, it's gonna be a wet stretch, but yeah. uh, that's okay. That's okay. That will not put a damper on yeah. the holiday spirit. So that's if right. you have a suggestion on uh, what's the best movie to get you into the holiday spirit, holiday mood, Christmas mood, what is oh, it? Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful life's a good one. It's mine. That's it. it's long though. It is I say about you got to set aside some time yeah, to watch. Yeah, you got to get, you you get locked in on that. Yeah, get locked in on that one. Now, if you want something quick, I mean, you can go National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Just like That's a like, feel good. Well, that one makes you laugh. 
But what, which one gets you in the mood? Where oh, you Christmas come out Story. Of it, you're kinda, a Christmas Story can yeah. do that, too. Yeah, it's nostalgic. Right. It you're can right. do that. That's one of those. You know. right. They well, play that one. Ty will be playing like Christmas 7. music here throughout the morning yeah, as we it. get you into a Thursday. Rod, can we go behind the burn orange curtain? There's a lot of Longhorn conversations Let's we had. Uh, Ty is cutting through the Steve Sarkeesian audio from yesterday and uh, National Signing Day News Conference. Also gave some bowl updates and where they are uh, as a team getting ready for the Washington Huskies in 11 days. Right now, let's go behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? By the way, this says uh, we showed our kids nine and twelve years old Christmas vacation last night. That's great parenting. Oh, well done, cousin Eddie. <laughs> cousin Eddie's an all-time, and I still will stand on this. I'll pound the table. Randy Quaid, better actor than Dennis Quaid. Thank you very much. Argue wow, that's a bold. That, that's that's. I know Randy's. I mean, Dennis has made the bigger movies. He's more of the heartthrob, big box office guy. But Randy Quaid, he's crazy, but he's a better actor. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. I'm trying to think of what else Randy Quaid's been in. Independence Day? Right? What are you in there? Like, like, what, what, like when you think of Dennis Quaid, what's the, what movie jumps into your mind? Maybe the, the rookie? rookie. Maybe the Rookie. The Rookie is the when one. When I think of Randy Quaid, I can think about ten roles where I'm like, that dude's amazing. Yeah. So you can Cousin Eddie. I guess I got to go do Kingpin. some research on that one. Oh, <laughs> Kingpin was good. That was good. He's yeah. a goof. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm not going to hate on that, that take until I do some research. Do on some it. research. <laughs> uh, all right. Sark does his research. There's no doubt. Uh, he did a great job with this recruiting class. Boy, having met Dennis Quaid, he- hearing me say that would oh. really irritate him. Uh, yeah, I've heard some things about Dennis Quaid. He's prickly. Quaid. I've heard, yes, I've heard some things Randy's about Dennis Randy's a good Quaid. dude. Yeah, I've heard Dennis Quaid is, uh, yeah, a lot of people have kind of had situations where I guess they've gone up to him and um, he doesn't necessarily like to, you know, hang out with the gin pop and the fans like that. He pretends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either way. All right. I don't want to hurt. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but talk, about, talk about Sark and the recruiting class. Um, Sark talked about, uh, in his media availability, in his press conference, um, he talked about this particular recruiting class. Um, here is Sark talking about the recruiting class as a whole and what their objectives were uh, with this particular group. I say it every year. Every coach gets up, and, and I've never heard a coach get up and not be excited about his signing class. Okay? So, um, but, but. I'm, I am excited about this class. I think there's a lot of depth to it. I think there's a lot of versatility to this class. You know, naturally, we need to look at sheer numbers. Clearly, receiver um, <clears throat> was a position where we wanted to address, uh, and we may not be done there yet. Um, but to have four receivers in this class, uh, you know, three high school and a transfer, uh, I think, is big for us. The next position, obviously, defensive back, signing six defensive backs. Uh, guys with a lot of versatility, and I know we always want to label guys corners and safeties, but the way we play with five DBs the majority of the time, they have to be versatile players, and the more versatile they can be, uh, the more opportunities they can provide for themselves, whether it be corner at the star position or at safety. So um, excited about that. And then I think the last piece that was really important was the defensive line of scrimmage and to sign five really good players at that spot uh, with the two edges and the three interior guys, um, that, that I think that helps solidify some things. So not to take anything away and not to just start singling one guy out at a time. I know we'll get asked about that. 
Uh, I just think this was a really complete class, really versatile. And like I said, I don't think we're quite done yet. Uh, I think we'll have a couple things to go here over the next you know, day or two. Uh, and then you know, as the portal shapes itself out, you never know what happens there. So, but all in all, uh, proud of, the, proud of our, our staff and the job that they did, our recruiting staff, our coaches. You know, recruiting takes everybody. And um, everybody did a great job, including our players. And excited about this group of guys because I think they're made of the right stuff. Uh, to come into our program and be successful. The right uh, stuff. Players, uh, I've always said players are the best recruiters. They don't have to operate within the in, by the NCAA rule book. Uh, they can rely on their pre-existing relationships. And these guys from their, <clears throat> excuse me, their seven on seven, uh, you know, seven on seven competitions, and they go to all these different camps now across the country. These elite camps uh, across the country. All the best players in Texas and and in, in the area in their regions, they know each other. They know well, each other I mean, by now, and you can use that to help you recruit. Well, look, high school kids, you you were on signing day, Rod. High school kids don't know well, what they're walking into, right? Everyone's a little bit oblivious to the next level. But, but I look at the guys, Matthew Golden and Andrew Makuba. They've been in a college program. They know mm-hmm. kind of how college football works. And you know when they entered the portal, that wasn't – you know, they had to make that decision. I'm, I'm assuming one of Matthew Golden's first phone calls was to, you know, Jaden Blue, his high school teammate, yep. and say, hey, what's yep. going on up there? How do you like it? Whatever. And for, for obviously for Andrew Makuba – Called Jamal Fenner, you know, or Jade Barron, who's a good friend of his. You know, if those reports are, man, you're going to love it here. Uh, it's a good place to be. You know, that that's that that speaks a lot. That speaks volumes uh, because you're right. The, the players are the 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 window to what's actually happening within your program, without a doubt. Yeah, because coaches are going to tell you whatever, right? Every coach can tell yeah. you the same thing. And that's, exactly, and they they have their pitch, but uh, it's, it, it's different coming from a player and, like and you a peer. Said, yeah, that's a great some someone that they actually know, someone they played with actually. Um, so that's like a personal referral. Yeah, a guy um, you've known a long time. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's well, telling and, you the truth. Well, and and Andrew Makuba specifically, you know, Jamal Fenner's now the director of high school relations for Texas. You know, Andrew Makuba, probably if you go back to when he was coming out of LBJ, wanted to go to Texas, but he was caught. Yeah, well, I don't want to go there. Well, I, I want to be. No, I, I love Texas. I'd love to go there, but I want to be developed, and they're not developing talent. Yeah. I want to compete for championships, and they're not competing for championships. Yeah. So, honestly, those are high on my priority list. I'm gonna go, and he chose go Clemson, who, gosh, was coming off Trevor Lawrence and championships, and who was developing doing a lot of Dabo, talent. Right? Yeah, yeah, so now he's coming back to Texas, and the poetic uh, irony is, He's coming back probably for those very same things. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, they can develop the talent. Other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can develop talent. They're competing for championships. Hey, I'm going back to Texas, and he can come back home. And as Xavier Phillips and me said, all the best players want to go to Texas, and they're going to get all the best players now pretty much because there, there, there aren't a lot of negative recruiting pitches against Texas now because they're developing talent and competing for championships. And something that Sark also said there that I thought was uh, – was was pretty interesting, and he got back to uh, the the. We'll get to the DBs and talking about it, but he talked about the versatility of the defensive backs a little bit there. Uh, that's something that I've been uh, you yep. know ta- talking about and that I have been observing. I think they want to get more versatile. Right, he could have been quoting field. you yesterday when he talked about because somebody asked him about the DB specifically. Yeah, we'll get to that quote yeah. too. Yeah, and he, he yeah he because <laughs> he's a, I, I, I think I'm just trying to psychoanalyze where Sark is going and just observing what the roster, roster construction is telling me, and Sark it confirmed it. Oh, yeah. He confirmed everything that I thought about what, what they're prioritizing now, recruiting on the back end. 100%. And I love that, by the way. It's great. Uh, he also talked about the portal. Uh, you just brought up the two guys. They got in the portal, Makuba 
and Matthew Golden. He also confirmed <laughs> our thoughts and what we've been discussing here about his uh, his philosophy about the transfer portal and how uh, Texas is going to approach the transfer portal going forward. Here's Steve Sarkeesian uh, at his uh, press conference yesterday. You know, if I had my druthers, you, you take your high school kids, you get them immersed into your program, you get them immersed into your culture, they grow and they build in your culture and, and in your program. They earn their playing times, and, and that, that they all become part of your culture. Um, but, but nothing has really changed for us as it pertains to the portal in that when we go to the portal, we're trying to fill immediate needs. How do those needs occur? A variety of reasons, right? It could be injury. It could be our own you know, attrition from the portal, guys leaving our program. It could be, hey, we made a mistake or two in recruiting. That can happen. You know, We, we try to make this a science. Uh, but there is no science for whatever reason. Sometimes guys just don't work out. Um, and so you, you have to be flexible enough uh, is what I say. I, I, I'm just not of the adage of making a living in the portal and signing um, 10, 12, 15 guys a year out of the portal and trying to recreate my culture every year. You know, I, I think that we have created a culture here of one that we're, we have a lot of pride in, and I know the veteran leaders on our team have a lot of pride in. And now that influx of young players, they can help educate them on what it means to be a Longhorn. Um, when you start bringing in a lot of transfers at that top-level positions, um, now you're really trying to recreate that culture. And so, hey, when, when we go to the portal, <clears throat> it's because we're really trying to fulfill a need, a very specific need where somebody can come into our program and have immediate impact uh, on the field and in our locker room for that matter. You know, all the guys we, we go into the portal for – um, they they fit what we're about, and I'll just touch on the two here: Matthew Golden and Andrew Makuba, experienced players. You know, Makuba, three-year player at Clemson; um, Golden, two-year player at Houston. Very productive players have played a lot of football. When you get to visit with them and talk to them, they're made of the right stuff, and so they fit in pretty seamlessly for us. And so that's the key. If we're going to go to the portal, A, do they have the skill set to make us better? Can they fill a need? And then would they fit our culture and the mindset that they have? And uh, those two guys definitely do that. Uh, there you go. Sark talks about he doesn't want to re recreate the culture. That's why he's not bringing in a lot of transfer guys. He wants an, I mean, with a homegrown team um, so that guys come up through the system and through the culture so that they know how to proliferate it and they know how to teach it. They know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And the few guys they bring in from the transfer portal will be vetted to see personality-wise if they respect, respect that culture enough. But then there will be, there'll be accountability all around those transfer portal guys. So all, the, the peer accountability everywhere of guys knowing exactly what the expectations are. And we talked about the Jeff Banks quote from yesterday saying, we're looking for signs. We're looking for signs. We're looking for – and, and I, I implore Lohan Network to please, like, post that interview. It was great. They posted Sarks, but not Jeff Banks. And he said, in recruiting, we're just looking for signs. We're looking for signs of respect, signs that they respect the coaches, signs they respect the game, signs they respect the locker room, signs they respect their teammates, signs they respect the, the culture that they're going to bring them into. And he said, if we don't see those signs – then a, lo a lot of Longhorn fans are going to wonder why we're not recruiting this guy or that guy or these top guys. It's probably because we didn't see the signs. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. And I love that, by the way. Yeah, he's, he, he, and he was very specific, right? <laughs> he was. And, and it was on I – mean, An adamant. Well, he was talking to people watching. <laughs> sounds like he heard – sounds like it's something they heard from somebody right. else. But he, he, he well, I, mean, I mean, it's one thing to 
maybe not pay attention and overlook some signs. No, mm-hmm. they're 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 specifically looking for them. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're watching. It's like a scout watching every yes. every movement, right? Yep. Uh, okay, how does he interact with his teammates? How does he interact on the sidelines? How does, that that is good. That's how you weed out bad culture and bad fits for what you're doing because you're actually paying attention. Uh, all right, well, that's good stuff right there. I also heard Sark in that first cut we played say. I didn't hear this the first one on initial watch of that video of that uh, press conference yesterday. He mentioned receivers because he was talking about what he liked about the class. And he said, it does, I don't think we're done. And he mm-hmm. mentioned when he's talking about receiver. Yeah. I don't think they're done because we're thinking Trey Moore, uh, transfer portal player from UTSA. I don't think we're done. He said specifically about receiver. And that got me thinking, who's he talking about? Because I haven't heard, we haven't heard from any of our insider, you know, you know, friends that there's another high school receiver that they're after. Uh, is there another portal receiver, which leads you back to Evan Stewart? Uh, no, um, then that leads me back to my Jeff Banks. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> comment. I'm like, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? Who's Jeff Banks talking about? I'll play that who's for he you. talking about? We come back. I'll play that for you. It's the very beginning, and he says, I'm yeah. like, hold on. Who's he talking about? I agree. I'm with him. Yeah, we, who's we, he talking about? We like our the receivers, but we may not be done. May not be uh, done. Interesting. Uh, and maybe it's a guy that's not even in the portal yet. Yeah, exactly. That they know, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no. Mm. Hey, we come back. We'll get some what the facts. We'll hear more from uh, Sark throughout the morning. We're getting you ready for week 16 in the National Football League and getting in the holiday spirit. Thanks to everybody that's sending in the messages. Uh, somebody said if you want to get in the holiday spirit, watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, it's good. John I Candy, love that movie. That's, Steve that, that, Martin, that, beautiful. That, that's a good one. That's you, a great one. Because at the end, it's heartwarming, and yeah. you get home for Christmas, and it's sad. I, that, that might be the one. Because you laugh the whole time, and then Steve Martin and John Candy, and then you get Christmas spirit at the end. That's I good. Love it. That's a good one. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Auto, good choice. Charlie Brown, Christmas was mentioned. Die Hard, Home Alone. Ooh, Home Alone, good, too. Like uh, we'll come back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Let Hook him up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Yeah, getting in the Christmas spirit uh, with Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. I did see uh, in our What the Fact segment, Rod, that uh, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They play Monday. They play Christmas Day, part of that triple header on Christmas Day of the NFL, if you're looking for it. They play the Raiders. That's the first game of the day. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. There's a noon game. There's a 3.30 game on Christmas Day. And there's a night game. The night game is the game of the weekend with Baltimore at San Francisco. Nice. But uh, how about Patrick Mahomes? Uh, got his entire offensive line custom golf carts for Christmas. Gave them to him yesterday. And there's a lot Love of videos it. going around of the, uh, the offensive line driving around their custom Chiefs-colored red golf carts around Arrowhead Stadium in the parking lot, the empty parking lot, like cruising around. That'd be, that's really cool. <laughs> did, they, did he get his wide receivers anything? Nope. <laughs> did he get nope. him? Lumps, did he get of him lumps of coal. <laughs> lumps of coal. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that, but I'm assuming lumps of coal. Uh, for you yeah, guys. I'm sure. Yeah. He, probably, he needs to give him some hands, maybe some, some gloves, <laughs> some stick them, something like some, that. Like, like, like some O.J. Simpson isotoners or something? <laughs> oh, man. O.J. Simpson isotoners. Great reference there. Fantastic. Uh, okay, how about this uh, little nugget? Texas A&M signed 18 top 100 recruits for that number one ranked class of 2022. Remember that? Um, they've lost half of them. Yeah, Evan Stewart was the ninth. The Aggies, Aggies, and last yeah. night the uh, that coveted the coolest class. blow of all. Jasper linebacker Ty Anthony Smith flipping 
from Texas A&M to Texas on uh, like he waited till like seven o'clock last night to make the decision. Yeah, uh, I, and I, a lot of people thought that was going to be a Texas lane. And my man CJ Vogel was pretty confident uh, that that was going to be a, a good. It was going to be good news for Texas. By the way, CJ is going to join us next hour at oh, seven thirty. Yeah, we nice. talked with him yesterday on the live stream. CJ's great. His thoughts on uh, and he was at the Sark News Conference. Uh, you know, covered it live. So we'll talk with CJ from yeah, Football CJ. Brainiacs and the That's On great. Texas Football channel. Uh, good stuff. What do you have on what the facts there, Rod B? Um, all right, here's a factoid for you. There have been more offensive offsides penalties this season alone than there have been in the last 11 years combined. Whoa. Yeah, something's going on. With the offsides. I don't Is that know a why. point of emphasis? And we know it, uh, it well, changed. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, yeah, Kadarius exactly, Tony. right? It, it, it was a big – obviously, I don't know if it – see, I, what I need to track is – because it's, it's been happening all season long, but that was obviously the most notable, uh, and that was obviously the most controversial. Um, I want to see did it increase after that controversial offsides, that now offsides became – now people are tracking it because it's such a public issue and now they're coming out with these numbers. What I would like to know is – have they increased the amount of offsides penalties since then? Because we've seen now them calling a lot of offsides, or at least now we're more cognizant of it. So that's what I want to know. But it's weird. The NFL, it's a point of emphasis. There's no question. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> line, hey. Offsides. Line hey, up offsides. Knuckleheads, line up on the right side of the line. Yeah. That shouldn't be too hard, right? No, it really is. And I, like I said, it's something that I don't know what the NFL is doing. The NFL officials have thrown – Basically, most offensive offsides flags in this season, since, if you go look at it since 2000, this season there have been 18, uh, and there were six in each of, in 2020 and in 2002. They averaged less than two offsides penalties per season, and yet they've thrown 18 of them. It's weird. I wonder what's going on there. There you go. Hey, one more fact, and uh, we'll, we'll play this audio for you. Sark announced yesterday to his team, how about Jordan Whittington? Jordan Whittington Jay officially Witt. invited to the Senior Bowl. Oh, good for him. He deserves it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And we'll play a cool piece of audio for you with Sark. Jordan didn't even know, I don't think, until he informed him yesterday at practice. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's we'll let really you hear cool. that coming up. Uh, we'll also hear more from Sark from the news conference yesterday. C.J. Vogel, as we mentioned, uh, Longhorn Insider from Football Brainiacs and the On Texas Football Channel. His thoughts on the Longhorn recruiting class and uh, takeaways. Uh, from National Signing Day. Uh, we'll recap that as well. It's coming back. Rod has a rant as well in our 7 o'clock hour. Rolling on. Getting in the Christmas spirit on this 21st of December. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. We're coming right back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.